Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, dummies. This is Matt Spear from Don't Unfriend Me. Wonderful to see you. Thank you. I am excited to be here tonight. This is episode 139. 139. Yes. Been since the week of Friday. Friday is where the last time I recorded, and it's been a crazy, crazy weekend. A lot has happened. I almost came on and recorded on Sunday, but alas, I didn't. I took the weekend off and tried to enjoy myself, and I did. But as all this news was happening, I most assuredly wanted to jump on and have a conversation with y'all. But I was good. I was a good boy. I didn't come on, and I spent the time with the family. But tonight we're going to have to make up for that. I've got some interesting things to talk about first. Everyone says, why am I a dummy? Well, this is the Don't Unfriend Me. Barstool Sports has the Stoolies, and we have the DUMs, the Don't Unfriend Me's, which is an acronym, folks. So when I call you dummies, it's just a natural progression, and it doesn't really mean anything. Some of you are dum-dums, and that's insults. But dummies is not. It's a badge of honor. It's like deplorables. The Man Show, everyone remember that with Adam Carolla, who's still a genius, and Jimmy Kimmel, who is batshit crazy used to call the people on their show men. That's right. It's amazing. Nobody got offended. They had midgets. They had women jumping on trampolines in their underwear. They drank beer all the time. It was great. Sexism at its finest. But nowadays, you can't have that. And Jimmy Kimmel has been playing the woke culture ever since. So I promise you this. I will always, always remain offensive. And I promise not to be woke anytime soon. What are we talking about tonight? Well, Cuomo, not the governor, not Mr. Touchy-Feely himself. It's actually Fredo. Is it Fredo or Frito? I don't remember what they called him, but he hated it. He got so upset. This is the guy that looked, uh, pretended that he was doing tri extensions with a 100-pound weight over his head. Not, not possible. Well, it is possible, but it's not somebody in his frame. And I'm not jelly. The guy's probably better fit than I am, but he also has personal trainers and stays in his basement and pretends he's sick all the time. Yes, the wonderful newscaster from CNN. We're going to talk about him. We're talking about guns again. It seems like all we talk about is our guns and Black Lives Matter, but that's not always the case. Not true. Certainly not true. Tonight, we're just going to talk about guns. The seven things you can do, particularly when there's a burglar in your home without a gun. See, that'll be fun. And then the 12 reasons we vote to be Democrat. I think it's really important for everyone to know why Democrats want to be a Democrat. And then, of course, to mix it up a little bit because we don't want to be the same. We're going to talk about BLM. I know. Listen, folks, I'm running out of topics. No, that's not true. I just, these are the things that are in the news. The Chauvin trial. It's going to be interesting. And Black Lives Matter decides to go out and buy houses with all that money. Interesting. 
how many houses can you buy with those millions upon millions of dollars for people in the in the impoverished community? I'm sure it's a lot. What? My producer is reaching out to me. Hold on. Right. 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 I guess she bought four houses for herself. This is the socialist Marxist, trained Marxist, who has done that. That's interesting, folks. I had no idea. I thought all that money would most assuredly go to the African-American community. You're trying to tell me that people on the top who talk about equality and equity and sharing all of the monies in the world from the massive corporate elites to spread across the Commonwealth, and we all own equal portions of everything, kept all the money for themselves? How dare you say? Say it ain't so, Joe. That's exactly what happened. Folks, it's going to be a good show. Buckle up. Hold on tight. And I've been trying to make this dilemma in my head here that some people say cops are bad. We've heard this. And protesters are good. And some say cops are good and rioters are bad. I've been trying to figure it out for a while, which one's which, and I just can't believe it's such a black and white issue. Recorded from an undisclosed location. Always honest. Always direct. So sit back. Relax. Don't unfriend me starts right now. Well, welcome again, everybody. Matt Spear, like I said earlier, wonderful to be with you. This little shindig is don't unfriend me. You might find it offensive. You may not find it offensive. You may agree. We may disagree. All I ask in the end is don't unfriend me. There was a wonderful person who was on one of my ads, and he basically said, catchy title, don't unfriend me. Um, I'm not going to promise that I'm going to watch because I probably won't. I don't want to lie to you, but either way, maybe I'll give it a try. But I love the title because it, it refers to a simpler time when we used to hold the door open for people and show respect and be chivalrous and have manners and be gallant. And now all we care about is not offending people. So we maintain a high friend count so we can share pictures of food and cats and everything else. And I said, you on the internet, sir, you understand the name. A lot of people go, oh, it, you know, we have an argument. They're like, oh, well, don't unfriend me. And I'm like, actually, unfriend. That's not what this show's about. It's simply that you're not supposed to unfriend me. And the reason why is because I won't unfriend you either as long as you make an argument worth listening to. I don't want to listen to CNN. I don't want to listen to Fox News. I don't want the talking points. I want your opinion. I want a thought that you actually have your own, and you can actually express. On this show, I share other people's thoughts often. Dan Bongino, Daily Wire, uh, Bill Maher, who, who made a really good mon- uh, closing dialogue, monologue, whatever it is, at the end of his show last week. I will, you know, Mike Rowe, whatever, the Hodge twins. I will bring a lot of different points, but I will always give you my opinion. So I may even disagree with some of the things that I, I say, when it comes to recanting other people's thoughts. Because that's how we learn, right? We read an article, we understand it, we go ahead on both sides, and we make an an idea turn into uh, an original thought. Or we go ahead and disseminate all that information, and then we just regurgitate it back. That's what I don't like. So you don't have to unfriend me. I won't unfriend you. 
but try to have an argument where you actually want to learn something because otherwise, what's the point? If you're just going to go ahead and tell me everything you think you know and refuse to listen to anyone else's point, then that just doesn't make much sense. There's a lady who comes on here named Mai, and her and I very seldom agree on anything. But she doesn't just talk to hear herself talk. We learn from each other, and she's taught me a few things, which is great. A few things. I don't know if I've taught her anything. Folks, I've told you who I am. What do we do? We know that too. And this is Don't Unfriend Me. Those are all my social tags. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Please scour the earth. Scour all the social channels. Find me on all podcasts. Hit like, share, subscribe. Do all that type of stuff. It helps. And God doesn't kill a puppy. If you can't find me on those sites, free of charge. You can go to don'tunfriendme.com. You can see my podcast, my videos, everything else, 100%. You see the new Valor commercial, which is fantastic. And with no further ado... Let's get started. Mr. Cuomo from CNN. This guy, I mean, I used to like him. And Don Lamont. You guys remember Don Lamont? Well, if you remember back 2014, 2013, he had some very, very deep-cutting comments for the African-American community and gangs. And he was amazing. If you took that, he basically sounded like Candace Owens and something happened. Well, he got ratings. And when you get ratings and you get a bigger contract, you sell your soul to the devil and realize that, hey, as long as I keep following what the left says, I'll get a fat payday. And that's what all of them do. And the problem with that is it seems disingenuous. And you it's hard for you to take what they say as fact. But this guy used to be the same way. He He would ride down the middle. But when Donald Trump came on, they all lost their freaking mind. And not only did they lose their mind, they're losing a ton of viewers, almost 40% down where they were last year. And it's not getting any better. CNN is bleeding people. And now they've decided to take this more aggressive approach. And during the press secretary's briefing today, they went after Jen Psaki. I mean, they went, they just lambasted her. I mean, they beat her like a redheaded stepchild. Then she became blonde, then a brunette, and then back to redhead, they beat her so hard. It was incredibly awesome. But CNN host Chris Cuomo doesn't believe police will reform until white parents start losing their children to police. Mm. Cuomo said, and by the way, plenty of white parents lose their children to police and they lose it to drugs and car accidents and disease and gang violence and drug overdoses and depression, suicide, accidental shootings, and dropping a hammer on their big toe, getting infected and dying of blood disease. I I mean, listen, it's not exclusive to just African-American or minority youth. There are more whites killed by cops than any other racial demographic. And this is what he said. And you know what the answer is. You really do. You don't like it. I don't like it. It scares me. Shootings, gun laws, access to weapons. Oh, I know when they'll change, Cuomo said. Your kids start getting killed. White people's kids start getting killed. Smoking that doobie that's actually legal, probably in your state now. But they don't know what it was. And when the kids run and then pop, 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 pop cop was justified you always know when somebody is trying to backpedal out of a conversation because they make no sense grammatically it starts to fall off this guy's a smart guy he knew when he said that he completely screwed up i guarantee the producers were like no and he's like oh sugar muffins i've got to put the proverbial caca back in the horse and he failed miserably because he doubled down 
Why'd you run? Oh, he had a baseball game tonight. Oh, white kid. Oh, big family. That house over there. Those start piling up. What is going on with these police? Oh, what? Maybe we shouldn't even have police. That kind of mania, that kind of madness, that'll be you. That'll be the majority because it's your people. What the hell is he talking about? So let me get this straight. You want This is as bad as Bill Maher saying he wants a recession in order to, for Trump to get out of office. It didn't take that. It took a pandemic and on the tail of a recession, which Trump got out of, by the way, and started making it head north. But that's really not the point. The point is, is white children have to die in order for people to wake up? It's a bizarre thesis. It's contradicted by the fact what exactly is he describing has already happened. And there are twice as many white people are killed by police every year than blacks overall, not per capita. Cuomo's remarks come amid multiple high-profile police shootings that have reignited the debate on law enforcement that raged through much of 2020. Cuomo argued that white people cannot be bothered to care because it is the country's black population that is most impacted by police shootings and guns. False. No, just take the word police out. Let me try it again. Are you ready? White people cannot be bothered to care because it is the country's black population that is most impacted by shootings and guns by other black people. That's a fact. Outside of suicide, it's the number one killer of black youth. Let's not be disingenuous. Let's not lie. Let's not make up stuff. But Cuomo said, when, and he went on to say, that whites would start to care about these issues more, especially if black Americans began forming armed militias. Well, they already exist. Don't you remember when there was like 3,000 black militia members, all with AR-15s in white suburbia, literally crapped their pants? And started breaking out their shotguns and burying them from the backyard? I do. It just happened like six months ago. Black people start getting all guns, forming militias, and they protect themselves. Can't trust deep state. Woo-woo. You'll see a wave of change in access and accountability, he said. We saw it in the 60s. That's when it changes. Because that's when it's you. Okay, I want to be really, really just transparent with this fucking moron. Black people already own guns. And if they don't own them legally, just like white people, they have a, sh- a chance to own them illegally. If you're a criminal, chances are you can get a gun wherever you want, if you have the money, if you have the right connection. And it is just as hard to get a gun if you have a criminal record, even harder. Let's take a look at these mass shootings. The one that just happened in FedEx, all those guns were bought legally. Most people for mass shootings either own the guns completely legally or they steal them or they take them from a home of their parents. Going ahead and stopping gun sales isn't going to fix this until we fix the mental issues in this country. Once again, another psychotic idiot pulling the trigger. But we also have to consider this. Black people have guns. White people have guns. Everybody has guns. And you don't see 98% of the population doing anything wrong or illegal with their guns. Why is that? Could it possibly possibly be that it's not the guns at all, that it's the people? And could it possibly be that it's not the police? It's a few bad cops. Why do we allow such a microcosm of the overall population to define how we react to things? Why do we overreact to things? Ask yourself the question, how many unarmed black youth has there been? 
who've been shot and killed? How many who have not resisted arrest? How many that followed everything they were supposed to do and listened to the police and still got shot and killed? I can tell you how many. Zero. Not ever, but not this year and not the year previous. And you can bring up all the cases that you want. You can bring up Michael Brown. You can bring up Trayvon Martin. There wasn't even a cop with Trayvon Martin. And the other guy was an undercover police officer and was in civilian clothes. We do not tell the truth in this country. And the reason why is because our media lies. But there's people who are eating it up. If you look what's trending on Twitter right now, we'll talk about that in a second. It is complete fallacy. And we are programming the masses to do more violence. It's insane. Maxine Waters is back in the papers again. Protests and riots have erupted around Minneapolis after the fatal police shooting of 20-year-old Dante Wright with 26-year police veteran Kimberly Potter seemingly confusing her sidearm for a taser and shooting right as he tried to flee an attempted arrest. Once again, resisting arrest. Wow, common theme. Mass shootings? Psychosis. Any type of shooting that cops are involved in that people want to riot over? Resisting arrest. Anyone who watches the Michael Brown trial, I watched it most of the day on my TV while I was working. The defense is destroying the prosecution and the state. The defense is absolutely obliterating it. If he gets convicted, it's a dog and pony show. Honestly, he should be exonerated. The evidence that they have laid out has been impeccable. But here's the thing. No matter what happens, the only thing that people would actually not riot over Chauvin for is is right when he's convicted is that the bailiff walks over, pulls out a gun, and blows his head off on national TV. Then they're going to riot over something else. They'll find something else to riot over. This is the problem. No matter what happens, no matter what the verdict is, it's either not going to be enough or he's going to be exonerated. And if those two things happen, the cities are going to burn. They've already called for it. Maxine Waters is calling for it for the second time. Don't you remember? You get out there in that restaurant. You're getting their faces on straight. That megaphone, I can't do her voice. It's horrible. It's her shrieking nails. Wow. So hairy. The controversial shooting raises tensions in an already on edge amid the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who is currently being charged with murder in the death of George Floyd last May. Just last night, Maxine Martyrs effectively encouraged violence in the event of Chauvin um, being acquitted and will face no consequences for it because... She's a Democrat. The White House on Monday appeared to distance itself from the House Financial Services Committee chairwoman Maxine Waters for telling racial justice protesters to get more confrontational. If Derek Chauvin is acquitted in George Floyd's murder trial, President Biden believes protests must be peaceful. White House Press Secretary Jensky said when asked about the comments by Waters, California, listen to this, gotta love her. Well, I can speak to the president's view he has been very clear that he recognizes the issue of police violence against people of color. Communities of color is one of great anguish, and it's exhausting and quite emotional at times. At times, Saki began. His view is also the, that exercising First Amendment rights and protesting injustice is the most American thing that anyone can do. I thought the most American thing that anyone can do is vote. Isn't that what they just said? Hmm. Maybe they just use that for cliche. Nah. She continued. But as he also always says, protests must be peaceful. Well, he's not said that. In fact, he didn't condemn BLM ever. 
He's never said for the protest to stop. So he's never actually said to be protestful. Jen Psaki. That's what he continues to call for. And when he continues to believe is the right way to approach responding. What? Jen Psaki. You make no sensey. You drive me crazy. But you are hottie. On Sunday, Waters joined hundreds of protesters in Brooklyn Center, Minneapolis, Minnesota, demonstrating against the fatal shooting of Dante Wright. Well, Dante Wright ran. He also ran from an officer before. He also had a firearm with him at the time. He was on probation with a felony warrant. You tell me. In the heat of battle, this was a trained officer. She was a training officer. She had a rookie with her. Now, I understand completely that it is ridiculous for her to pull a Glock and fire around thinking it was her taser. She did call taser, taser, taser. She did ask people to move out of the way. She honestly thought when you have adrenaline going through your your veins and if you have not practiced this by memory and memory retention and muscle retention over and over and over and over and over, mistakes happen. The point is, is that she put one round in. And that's the thing. And immediately when she knew what she did wrong, she stopped. She didn't unload on it. That would have been a horrible argument. You have to understand it's an accident. If he wouldn't have ran, it wouldn't have happened. That doesn't excuse it. She should be held accountable. She probably shouldn't have a job. But the whole point is he ran. And it's just like George Floyd. He had enough fentanyl and methamphetamines to kill a small horse. He also had 95% blockage in his left ventricle and his lower ventricle had a 72%. He was completely high. He had COVID. And he was basically hyperventilating for 16 minutes. Could that have went ahead and, and assisted in his death? No, no, no. It was the knee. You're kidding me. Do, do we even just, like, does anyone have any common sense anymore? I mean, listen to the doctor who actually did the autopsy. These other doctors are coming in on, on, on the state, and they're completely full of crap. They'll say anything because they're paid by the state. Listen to the doctor who said, I don't want to see the tape. I just want to do the autopsy. I don't want to be influenced, and I will make a decision. That guy said that he absolutely didn't show signs of asphyxiation, but he probably died because of a lack of oxygen and compression on his chest and neck area. But also, there were mitigating circumstances with methamphetamines in his system, with fentanyl in his system. Come on, people. Plus, he had heart issues, arrhythmia issues, and blockages. Uh, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Dante Wright, 20-year-old black man shot by white police officer who thought she was pulling out her taser. The suspect, former officer Kim Potter, has since been charged with second-degree manslaughter. Negligent at best. The city of Minneapolis and the state of Minnesota were already on edge in the wake of the Chauvin trial. The California lawmaker told the crowd, at what was the seventh night of demonstrations after Wright's killing, we've got to stay in the streets and we've got to demand justice. We're looking for a guilty verdict, she continued referring to Chauvin, and we're looking to see if all of the talk that took place and has been taking place after they saw what happened to George Floyd, if nothing does not happen, huh? I got to do that again. If nothing does not happen, it's so confusing. If you leave the room right now, I promise not to tell you. Huh? 
Then we know what we got to not only stay in the street, but we have to go fight for justice. Whoa, 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 whoa. Pull it back a little bit. You know what that sounds like? That sounds like insurrection. Wait a second. What's good for the goose is good for the waters. If we tell Donald Trump that, hey, you're going to be go ahead and we're going to impeach you. Why? Because you made a speech and you used the word fight. Well, so did Maxine Waters. And if anything burns in any city, those are her constituents. That means it's her. It's her fault. So why is she not impeached? Why is she not thrown out? Why is she not actually being removed physically from the halls? Why? Because she's a Democrat. Waters went on to say that she was hopeful that Chauvin would be convicted. And if we don't get the verdict, we cannot go away. Ask if that meant a manslaughter conviction, but a murder acquittal would be adequate. Waters said no. Oh, no, not manslaughter. No, 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 she remarked. This is a guilty for murder. I don't know if it was in the first degree. This is going to be a long show. First degree means premeditation, which means you plotted and planned it out. So you're telling me Chauvin forced Floyd to strongarm and write a bounce check. Take fentanyl. Take methamphetamines. Resist arrest. Pretend for nine minutes that he couldn't breathe until he really couldn't breathe and called, cried wolf so many times that when they finally, he relaxed, they thought he simply passed out, not died. That's premeditated? How do you people vote for these people with a clear conscience? How do you sleep at night? With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As for what the protesters should do if they don't get the verdict they want, Waters said, we got to stay on the street. And we've got to get more active. We've got to get more confrontational. We've got to make sure that they know what we that we mean business. What do you mean by more confrontational? You're already burning down buildings, insulting police officers, beating up white people in the streets. Hmm, what else can we do? I got it. Let's increase interest rates on all small businesses while we're at it. Let's go ahead and do another 14-day shutdown that lasts a year. What is this? What are they trying to do? If you continue... To escalate this, there are people out there, 2% on both sides, who believe that they're freedom fighters. The three percenters, the QAnon people, the Black Panthers, the BLM activists and the anti they think they are the saviors of humanity. These are idiots with a cause. If you encourage them, they are going to, they're going to escalate. We've seen this in the past. When burning buildings is enough anymore, we've got to get more confrontational. So when you pull people out of restaurants and you start beating them like they did in the Rodney King riots and pulling drivers out of trucks and hitting with a brick, is that what you mean? What about shooting people? What about stringing them up by ropes from, from lights? Is that okay? 
idiots. The California lawmaker, a lawmaker, and she doesn't even understand what first-degree murder is, urges demonstrators to ignore police-enforced curfews as a form of protest, saying, I don't think anything about curfew. Curfew means I want you all to stop talking. I want you to stop meeting. I want you to stop gathering. I don't agree with that. Do you know how long California has been under restrictions? Do you know, understand how long it's been under curfew and you don't agree with curfews? This lady is a freaking moron, dumb as dog shit. I, I just, I would just pay a year's salary to debate her for five minutes. And I swear no one has ever been ruthless enough with her. Nobody. And there is just a way to do it. And it's so simple is just tell her absolutely what she is. And nobody has seemed to have the balls to do it. But man, that lady is is on for a reckoning. Somebody like Dan Crenshaw needs to get a hold of her and just tear her apart. The woman is completely fake. She's what's destroyed California. She's just as bad as Newsom. She's just as bad as Jerry Brown. She is a horrible representative. And there are plenty on the Republican side too. But this woman has constantly, constantly called for confrontation and escalation in every single police shooting. And she is stoking the flames. And CNN has had it on TV ad nauseum, calling her a heroic progressive in the movement. She's freaking insane. And if Donald Trump went down for what he did, she should most assuredly go down for what she did. But she won't because she's a Democrat. Say it with me, folks, because she's a Democrat. Guns, guns are on the way out. And thank goodness, right? I mean, I'm sick of them. We can't wait to return to the utopian paradise we lost when guns were invented by Bob Gunn back in 1804. Still, once in a great while, you might need to defend yourself against a never-do-her-well. When those ruffians come kicking your door down, you need to be ready. Here are seven great ways to defend your home against an armed burglar when your guns have all been confiscated. Number one, you want to call your local social worker. Get on the phone. And call up a state therapist to help you to work out your differences. They'll be there in 30 minutes or less. That should work. If that doesn't work, number two, have your kids leave all of their Legos out. A surefire defense strategy, though sometimes it backfires and you accidentally step on them yourself. And pick up your gosh darn toys, Calvin. But nonetheless, it's a high risk, but worthy risk to take. Number three. Make sure to hang a gun-free zone sign in your window. It's a little-known fact that burglars must stop and not shoot you if you inform them your home is a gun-free zone. It works every time. Number four, turn the thermostat up to 80 so it'll be uncomfortably hot for burglars. After a few hours looting your stuff, they will need to take a break and go outside to cool down, and you can lock them out then. Number five, bust out the Nerf guns. One of those crazy cool ones with the drum magazines your rich friends had growing up will surely intimidate the intruder. Number six, rig up a complex Rube Goldberg booby trap that incapacitates the criminals in hilarious ways. Hear me out. They step on a panel that activates a wire that pulls down a bucket of water that goes down a funnel and pushes a bowling ball, which swings down and hits them on the head, causing permanent brain damage. It's funny and effective. If you record it, you might win $10,000 on America's Funniest Home Criminals. Number seven, ask them to hug it out. When all else fails, just be the bigger man and ask the criminal to 
hug it out with you. Bring it in, man. That will most assuredly work. Now that we know what to do with guns, I figured since you are now on board with me that you don't like guns either, and either do I. They're icky. In fact, I'm ready to get rid of mine. I am done. I'm taking this to the local pound. In fact, no, I am going to throw it in a trash can where any neighborhood kid could grab it because that's the safe thing to do. Public sanitation is there for us. But here's some things that you may need to know. Is voting Democrat, why would you want to? Well, you just also thought that you would want guns forever, and I convinced you, let me help you. I voted Democrat because I love the fact that I can now marry whatever I want. I now may marry my Labrador retriever. I voted Democrat because I believe oil companies' profits of 4% on a gallon of gas are obscene, but the government taxing the same gallon of gas at 15% isn't. I voted Democrat because I believe the government will do a better job of spending the money I earn than I would. I won't spend it on guns anymore, so let the government spend it for me. I voted Democrat because freedom of speech is fine as long as I agree with what is said and nobody else is offended by it. What's wrong with that? Sounds like freedom to me. Voted Democrat because I am way too irresponsible to own a gun, and I just figured that out. And I know that my local police are all I need to protect me from murderers and thieves. I've got the seven steps how to stop them. That should be easy. I voted Democrat because I believe that people who can't tell us if it will rain on Friday can tell us that the polar ice caps will melt in 10 years if I don't start driving a Prius. I voted Democrat because I'm not concerned about millions of babies being aborted so as long as we keep all death row inmates alive. It's really important. They're going to be voters soon, especially if we're Democrats. We like that. I voted Democrat because I think illegal aliens have a right to free health care, education, and Social Security benefits, and we should take away the Social Security from those who paid into it. I voted Democrat because I believe that businesses should not be allowed to make profits for themselves. They need to break even and give the rest away to the government for redistribution as the Democrats see fit. I voted Democrat because I believe liberal judges need to rewrite the Constitution every few days to suit some fringe kooks who would never get their agendas passed, the voters, without them. I voted Democrat because I think that it's better to pay billions for their oil to people who hate us but not drill our own because it might upset some endangered beetle, the spotted owl, gopher, or some stupid fish. I voted Democrat because my head is so firmly misplaced toward the south end of my body, it's unlikely that I'll ever have another point of view other than what Democrats say. Here's the problem. All of those things are reasons, of course, why you should own a gun and also why you should not vote Democrat. But here's the thing. They are mutually exclusive. You can't do one without the other. If you love guns, you most assuredly cannot vote Democrat. And if you love Democrats, you can't keep your guns. They are coming after the Constitution, and they've been coming after the Constitution for a long time. We have a choice. It is a choice between good and evil. The Constitution is designed for us, and the Democrats think it's for them, and it's not. They want to expand the federal power. They want to limit the state's power. They want to make federal mandates, and they want to have a new world order. How can we not see this by now? Is there anyone who feels good about voting for Joe Biden? Are you happy with packing the court? Are you happy with ripping apart the First Amendment? Are you happy with a never-ending mask mandate and locking the doors and staying at home basically for the rest of your life? Are you okay with the Iran nuclear deal and what's happening there? Are you okay with the trillions of dollars that's going to be poured into 
climate change and the Paris Accord? Are you okay with what's going on with immigration? Because, folks, here's the funny thing. You weren't okay with any of it just a few months ago. What's changed? Are you being represented? Are these policies what you believe in? Because I think if you ask yourself, every single Democrat is going, we did it again. We're such idiots. We voted for a person and they said hope and change and build back better. And what did we get? We didn't get Bill Clinton, who actually was a decent president, even though he was an immoral pig. You got Obama 2.0. And that's the thing is that's why Obama is not as popular as he used to be. And the Clintons aren't anymore either. It's because it's what all Democrats do. They lie. We just had one of the only presidents ever to keep their word while they were in office and do everything he said he was going to do. Isn't it interesting that America doesn't want the truth? They don't want consistency. They want drama, just like they want their morning cornflakes and cup of coffee. Because what would they do? without being severely depressed and full of anxiety. God forbid if we were actually happy. Houses, houses, and more houses. Well, here's the thing. Is that Black Lives Matter president, CEO, that HMFIC, she didn't want to pick one house. She couldn't decide between Hufflepuff or Slytherin or Gryffindor. So she just bought all four houses. The self-professed trained Marxist Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Cullors was recently exposed for a multi-million dollar property binge of hers. The properties were purchased via corporate entities indicating that she didn't want the public to know about them. Cullors purchased four high-end homes for a total of $3.2 million according to property records. Last month, she purchased a $1.4 million home showing solidarity with her community by doing so in a Los Angeles town that's 1.4% black and 88% white. Sounds about right. Hilariously, Culler's justification for these purchases amounts to her effectively arguing, I want to help the black community and I'm black and this helps me. So therefore, it helps the black community when addressing them. Of course, that's a paraphrasing. But what she literally says isn't far off. After host Mark Lamont Hill pointed out how un-Marxist it is for an anti-capitalist to own multiple properties, Kohler's responded, I think that is a critique that is wanting. And I say that because the way I live my life is in direct support to black people, including my black family members. For those many black folks who are able to invest in themselves and their community, they choose to invest in their family. And that's what I've chosen to do. Are you Jen Psaki's Frickin' doppelganger. You are full of shit as a Christmas goose. Bernie Sanders said the same thing. At least he, no, he didn't. He actually said something different. So, (laughs) I mean, Bernie, three houses. Yeah, so what? I took money from Hillary to drop out of the race. Of course I did. I mean, at least Bernie, that's what you got to love about the guy. He's a nut nut job socialist, but at least he's honest and consistent. He doesn't try to hide it. She then continued to justify her actions by seemingly arguing that she's the only person to have both family and family that suffers hardships. I have a child. I have a brother with severe mental illness. Don't give him a gun. That I have to take care of. I support my mother and I support many family members of mine. So I see my money is not my own. I see it as my family's money as well. That you invest in an all-white neighborhood. Bravo. No, bravo. I, I've got to have applause. Do I have some applause here? Just fantastic. Fantastic. 
It's really good. It's it's a particular brand of BS. It's a little nutty with some fruity undertones. It's a little bit chewy, but uh, it's it's a good particular brand of of poop. It's fantastic. Single malt, twelve years. Listen, here's my response to you, lady. Former slave Booker T. Washington predicted the likes of you over a hundred years ago in his 1911 book, My Larger Education, when he wrote, "Quote." There is a class of black people who make a business of keeping the troubles, the wrongs, and the hardships of the black race before the public. Having learned that they are able to make a living out of their troubles, they have grown into the settled habit of advertising their wrongs partly because they want sympathy and partly because it pays. Some of these people do not want blacks to lose his grievances because they do not want to lose their jobs. And the numbers back up his prophetics. Black Lives Matter had an epic fundraising year in 2020, bringing in over $90 million. That money was raised through the Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation, which said it committed $21.7 million in grant funding to official and unofficial BLM chapters and 30 black-led organizations. They still had $60 million in cash on hand by the end of 2020. Just think about how many homes you could buy with that kind of money. BLM is not what you think. Many see the slogan Black Lives Matter as a plea to secure the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for all Americans, especially historically wronged African Americans. They add the BLM hashtag to their social media profiles, carry BLM signs at protests, and make financial donations. You notice the financial donations are last. Tragically, when they do donate, they are likely to bankroll a number of radical organizations founded by committed Marxists whose goals aren't to make the American dream a reality for everyone, but to transform America completely. This might be unknown to some of the world's best-known companies, which have jumped on the BLM bandwagon. Brands like Airbnb and Spanx have promised direct donations. True, others like Nike and Netflix have shrewdly channeled their donations elsewhere, like the NAACP, and other organizations that have led the struggle for civil rights for decades. These companies are likely aware of BLM's extreme agenda and recoil from bankrolling destructive ideas, but it requires sleuthing to learn this. Companies that don't do this hard work are providing air cover for a destructive movement and compelling their employees and share owners and customers to endorse the same. Just ask BLM leaders Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tumultine. A revealing 2015 interview, Culler said, myself and Alicia in particular are trained organizers. We are trained Marxists. That same year, Tomati was hobnobbing with Venezuela's Marxist dictator, Nicolas Maduro, of whose regime she wrote, in these last 17 years, we have witnessed the Bolivian Revolution champion, participatory democracy, and a construct, a fair, transparent election system recognized among the best in the world. Holy God, millions of Venezuelans suffering under Maduro's murderous misrule presumably couldn't be reached for comment because they're dead. And a loaf of bread basically cost you, cost you your firstborn and your house. You visit the Black Lives Matter website and the first frame you get is a large crowd with fists raised and the slogan, now we transform. And they have a list of demands. I've read these demands on previous shows. 
and you get a sense of how deep a transformation they seek. One proclaims, we disrupt the Western prescribed nuclear family structure requirement by supporting each other as extended families and villages that collectively care for one another. A partner organization, the Movement for Black Lives, or M4BL, calls for abolishing all police and all prisons. It also calls for a progressive restructuring of tax codes at the local, state, and federal levels to ensure a radical and sustainable redistribution of wealth. Another M4BL demand is the retroactive discrimination, immediate release, and record expungement of all drug-related offenses and prostitution and reparations for the devastating impact of the war on drugs and criminalization of prostitution. This agenda isn't what most people signed up for when they bought their Spanx or registered for Airbnb, nor is it what most people understood when they expressed sympathy with the slogan that Black Lives Matter. Garza first coined the phrase in a July 14, 2013 Facebook post, the day George Zimmerman was acquitted of murdering Trayvon Martin. Her friend Cullors put the hashtag in front and joined the words so it could travel through social media. Tomati thought of creating an actual digital platform, BlackLivesMatter.com. The group became a self-styled global network in 14 and fiscally sponsored project of a separate progressive nonprofit in 16, according to Robert Stilson of the Capital Research Center. This evolution has helped embolden an agenda vastly more ambitious than just hashtag defund the police. The goals of Black Lives Matter organization go far beyond what most people think, but they are hidden in plain sight. Therefore, the world to see if only we read beyond the slogans and the innocuous sounding media accounts of the movement. The group's radical Marxist agenda would supplant the basic building block of society, the family, with the state and destroy the economic system that has lifted more people from poverty than any other. Black lives and all lives would be harmed. Theirs is a blueprint for misery, not justice, and it must be rejected. Now, I understand what this sounds like from a white guy talking about this. I'm not naive. I understand that racism is real, prejudice is real, and I would stand up against it with anyone. I completely agree that African Americans have an incredibly difficult time in a white society. I'm not naive to that. What I'm talking about is this whole narrative that black lives matter. There are more people around these inner cities, predominantly Democratic cities, liberal-run cities, over 86% of the shootings and killings and homicide against black youth is not perpetuated by cops. It's other black youth. BLM has done nothing for black youth. It has done nothing for the inner cities. It has literally put more people in jail than the drug policies that they so admonish. Here's the thing. Every time you encourage someone to burn down ability, the building, or riot, or hurt a cop, or break public property. You're putting records on people. Every time you go ahead and tell a kid to rebel and rage against the machine, and they have no idea why they're raging, you create something in somebody. You create a turmoil. It's essentially a brainwashing of the entire black youth. And it's putting people behind the eight ball. This horrible thing that I'm talking about isn't a prison sentence. It's not crime-related. It's a prison mentality. It puts chains on people when they think that there is some unknown force that are keeping them from being successful. It's a lie. 
And it's the biggest lie perpetuated on the African-American community other than come on this boat, your life will be okay if you come to this big land and big island over here up to the Northwest. There's a serious problem with the way we communicate with people. Look at the voter ID laws. It's racist to have a black person or minority have to figure out how to get an ID. That's racist in itself. How condescending can you be? Some of the smartest people I know are not white. They're the most down-to-earth, passionate, insanely driven people I have ever met in my life. I have worked alongside, I have fought alongside, and I would be honored to call any one of them a family member. And you are degrading enough to say that they are incapable of going to the DMV and getting an ID? These type of things are what causes racial divide. And it is more damaging than any drug policy, than slavery. At least slavery was a physical and mental capture of somebody, but they had their soul. And they rose up and they fought for America alongside Americans and died for their freedom. They died through civil rights. They died through Jim Crow. They fought through the Klan. And they're fighting through the inner sittings and the modern day slave camps today. They are stronger than you give them credit for. And you telling them that there is some horrible force that keeps them down, that doesn't believe that they are equal, This is the biggest lie, and it has enslaved more people from a physical, a mental, and a heart and soul standpoint than anything else in American history. Slavery is alive and well. And until we actually break those chains and break those bonds and change our language and stop treating black people and minorities like second-rate citizens who can't find their ass with two hands and a flashlight, we will never get out of this. And they will continue to look for the lowest common denominator and take the easy way out because they've been told their whole lives that that's the only option they have. And that is not about Black Lives Matter. It's about everyone matters. And when you single out one race and blame another, you're a part of the problem, not the solution. Folks, that's it for me tonight. You can join me on my, I'm a little fired up, a little fired up, a little pissed but I'm going to be okay. You can follow me and all that other stuff. You know where to go. Click right here, wherever it's at. Click the little red thing. Subscribe, follow, whatever. I don't care. I should know better than to stack guns, BLM, Maxine Waters, and other crazy crap. That's just too much. I got to have some positive in my show. Otherwise, I get the blood pressure up. I got to go lift. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 22 veterans a day, 1-800-273-8255. Press one. Way too many commit suicide. They need your help. Please reach out to a veteran. If you can't do it, call me. I will help. Or you can go to don'tunfriendme.com, click on the link, and you'll be connected to a Veteran Crisis Hotline operator. Folks, we are doing the Raise the Roof on Thursday. I'm excited to do that. Please take a look at the new commercial for Valor. It's awesome. I appreciate you. I will see you tomorrow for episode 140 or whatever it's going to be. God bless. Stay cool. Like, follow, share, and subscribe. And I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, I got to do this. I'm out.